Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Them Witches. I'm your host, Marcus, and I am back to talk about horror movies. Kind of? A horror movie, question mark? Nobody knows. Well, as you may have noticed, depending on when you listen to this show, um, I've been offline for a bit, and um, just lots of things going on in my personal life. Uh, Nothing bad, but there is, of course, stress and... My priorities are elsewhere at the moment rather than my three or four podcasts. So, unfortunately, podcasts got dropped by the wayside. Um, I'd still like to continue to do this show, um, but I'm thinking at this point maybe it would be a monthly thing rather than twice a month thing. Um, I'll try to do that, but, uh, you know, like anything else, I cannot promise anything. Um, Yeah. This episode, as the title says, is going to be about men from 2022. Yeah, so quite a film to jump back in with, but um, before I get to that, I've seen like a million things since the last episode. Um, For one, I signed up for AMC A-List, which is a subscription service where you pay a certain amount of money per month and you can see uh, three movies a week uh, at the theater, AMC Theater, for quote free, but you know, it's part of your subscription. For me, I think my subscription fee in California is uh, $23 or $24 a month. With that said, seeing one movie in fancy Dolby or whatever can be over that price. For example, The Northman in Dolby something was like $28 for one ticket. Now, if I'd only seen one blockbuster a month, I'm paying for the subscription. So anything over that is extra. And in my case, I'm trying to watch as many as I can to make the most use of my subscription. Though, weirdly, I'm starting to realize, like, one, there are so many movies that are releasing all the time. And two, the vast majority of them are not very good. Which, I mean, I guess makes sense. But I have never been a I-am-going-to-see-movies-new-in-theater person. Occasionally, there is a reason for me to, like a special anime film that I want to see, like I saw Spirit Away in theaters back when it first came out, uh, Paprika as well, um, the first Silent Hill movie I saw in theaters because I was a huge Silent Hill fan, I mean I still am to a degree, I just not actively, there's nothing to be actively excited for with Silent Hill really, it, it, you know there's words maybe there's a new one coming out by a blooper team, whatever, we'll see, but anyway, um, yeah so I've been finding a lot of movies aren't that great. But it's still fun to go in the theater and watch them, especially in the case for me, um, because I'm going in the morning on like Friday or Sunday, and there was like nobody there or like maybe one other person in the theater. So it's great, um, especially in these times. It is it feels great to be in a theater like with only one person in there far away from you, you know, or nobody. So I'm enjoying that. Seeing like way too many movies to mention, honestly. Um... One of my favorite, okay, favorite that I've seen is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Probably pretty obvious to anyone seeing new movies in 2022. That is a big favorite. I've seen it twice so far. Uh, looking forward to maybe seeing it again sometime. Um, nothing that I've really super duper hated. I've, I even saw Morbius in theaters and I didn't hate it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I got really into... Uh, um, mockumentary type movies or movies like 
that sort of thing. Um, like I watched Savage Land, The House is October Built. I think I watched, a, oh, I rewatched Special Bulletin, watched Ladybug, Ladybug. So I was really into that for a while. I'm still into it. I love that theme broadly. Um, I don't know why I didn't write anything about those specifically. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> so whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, I could have talked about those movies, but, you know, I just did not in the end. I think in the case, especially of like Savage Land, it kind of like turned me off in a bit of a way uh, from what I was hoping for, but it was still good. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get to men. Hi. Mrs. Marlowe, yes? Harper, yes. Diff, come in. The words I have to say. It's a beautiful be simple, house. But Will it just be you staying? Or... Excuse me? Mrs. Marlowe? No. Until you give your love, there's nothing more that we can do. Apple from the garden? Y yeah, it was delicious. No, 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 no. Mustn't do that. Forbidden fruit. Oh. God, sorry, I, I, I'm I, I, joking. Oh. <laughs> You're tormented. It feels more like haunted. Yeah. Something happened. My husband went upstairs to our balcony. Let himself go. You must wonder why you drove him to it. Why I didn't drive him to it. I thought it'd be true. But if you had given him the chance to apologize, he'd still be alive. What? A man followed me out of the woods. He was stalking me. What makes you say that? I saw him twice. Twice? I don't know if he saw you once. <laughs> well, play a game. You hide, I'll see. You must feel an awful sense of guilt. Stay away from me. So Men is Build has a horror sci-fi drama film from Alex Garland, who's done Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation. Those are some of his most well-known works. And this is the newest one, Men. Very simple title. And it is about a woman who basically seems like she's rented a Airbnb type thing. And she's going there all by herself to just kind of enjoy some time in the country because she's trying to do something for herself, have fun after the untimely death, potentially suicide, of her ex-husband. And, oh, by the way, this movie, uh, this, this movie, this podcast is going to contain full spoilers of this film. 
So do not listen to this episode if you want to watch Men and care about spoilers, because I'm going to go into everything, including the kind of climactic sequence near the end. I'm going to talk about all of it. So do not wa- read... My God, why can I not speak? I've been off the podcast for a while, now I'm just failing. Do not listen to this episode of the podcast if you have not seen Men, and if you have not seen Men and you want to go in without spoilers. If you don't care about spoilers... If you don't care about seeing men, then go ahead and listen, just letting you know up front. What I've said so far is in the IMDb description, so I would not classify that as a spoiler. So yes, we have our protagonist. Uh, She just basically goes by Harper for most of the movie. And she is, again, as I said, she's in this like charming big home in kind of like a rural area. And she's ready to have fun. Um, the guy who like owns the house or whatever is a little bit kooky, but overall seems like a friendly guy and maybe just lonely. So she's happy. She's exploring. She goes out for a walk, you know, and finds a kind of, uh, I don't know, like an alley, not an alleyway, a big tunnel, really long. She goofs off there for a while. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen this part where she's just kind of making sounds into there and it's kind of like echoing her voice. And while she's in there, she kind of sees someone far away, like a silhouette of a person and um, maybe not a big deal on of itself, except that the person lets out like a scream type noise and then starts running towards her. She can't really see again. She can only see the silhouette and she can hear the echoing scream coming closer and closer to her so she runs as you might expect i would run too she runs she runs she runs she thinks she gets away but then she sees something odd by a kind of old dilapidated house which is like a statue of a fully naked man she gets freaked out by that and runs away further um goes back home she thinks it was just a very strange thing there. She sends a picture to her friend because she had taken a photo. Um, but while she's home, she realizes one, the person or whoever it was in the tunnel followed her home. And that too, it is that naked thing. That naked thing was not just a still statue, which it kind of looked like when you first see it because you're like, how could that be anything else but a very strange statue? Because it's just right there in the middle of nowhere, just nude. Um, but she connects the dots to see someone was chasing me from the tunnel, and it was this person, this naked person. And so that's very threatening to her as a woman by herself with, like, no one to, around to call out to specifically. Um, and, you know, it's a naked man. What does that mean? There's lots of things that are running through your mind, and you don't, you know... That you're very afraid. Fortunately, she's inside the house um, and he is outside. But she doesn't know what to do, so she, of course, calls the police. Um, and fortunately for her, she didn't close the door, so she hurriedly, dramatically rushes to close it while the creature or person outside is rushing towards the door. She's able to close it in time, though he sticks his hand through like the mail slot at the bottom, which is, again, that's disturbing because you're like, whoa, even though I've locked this door, he is still trying to, to get in, to reach me somehow. Um, something that I didn't expect 
is, and I think that was at this point, I could be wrong. Like some of the stuff gets blurred in my mind because I didn't take notes in the theater. Um, Normally I take notes for this show. But the thing that I did not expect is that this naked man is captured by the police. In most horror films, you know, by the time the police come, the baddie is gone, you know. So there is nothing. People are just left to wonder, oh, you're just imagining or stressed or whatever. But no, in her case, this person is captured. And it's clearly the same naked man. So she feels better, you know, a real sense of relief that this is over with. And it's just a strange moment in time, you know, on the first day of her little nice trip, her little vacation. But she is not going to let that ruin her time. She's still going to go and have fun. I believe what happens next is she goes to a church and there's nobody in there. And she really thinks and reflects on what happened to her ex-husband. At some point we get this all played out. I'm not sure when exactly. It's like in bits and pieces. But basically we see that there was clearly a problematic relationship. um, Presumably abusive. Where And I say this because... Even though in this in this part, she actually does get punched by her husband. So that's obvious, clear physical abuse there. Uh, though she says later or something that that's the first time he hit her. But I believe it's still to be abusive because she was texting her friend in this time and saying, he is really scaring me right now. Like implying that he does scare her normally, but right now he's scaring her more. I don't know. But either way, clearly a bad relationship. And also, I mean, this reason there's this fight going on is because she told her husband she wants a divorce. So clearly it was not a good time between these two. And um, we're just seeing the very tail end of their relationship, the last spectacular fight. What she ends up doing is pushing him out of the house, the apartment. And apparently what happens next is that he runs up to the third floor and goes into the apartment there. Not their apartment, just busts his way into someone else's apartment. And either he was trying to climb down to the second floor, since she locked him out, or he was trying to commit suicide. And before this, he did say he would kill himself. And as a threat, basically, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Hallmark abusive tactic right there. Um, very, very bad sign. If someone says that to you, clearly not a good space that those people in the relationship are in. Um, yeah, so that's what happens. And she's not sure to this day what exactly happened, unintentional or intentional death. In my opinion, I think it's unintentional only because someone like that and abusive most likely did not mean the threat that he wanted to commit suicide. Usually it's just a control tactic. I am going to manipulate you by saying this and you don't want that to happen. So you are going to stay with me. I'm going to force you to stay with me. I might hurt myself in some ways, but I will not kill myself. Um, That is often the case. I'm not a psychologist, whatever, but in my experiences, that's what I've seen. Um, So my opinion, he did not intentionally commit suicide. He inadvertently did. And I can understand him trying to like weasel his way down to the second floor since the door is locked. But presumably the entryway from the window thing 
balcony would be open or she wouldn't be expecting it. So he would be able to get back in and really give it to her, really, you know, lay down the quote law that she will not leave him. That is my fan fiction of what would happen next. Another reason I believe he did not kill himself is because of the fact that when he is falling, he looks utterly shocked. He does not look like I'm intentioning to do this. I'm intentionally ending my life. He looks super shocked. Like, oh my God, I did not expect to fall. I did not expect to lose my grip. So that's my opinion. People could write their own story or theories. I don't think it really matters what it is. Whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, he is dead. And Harper is left wondering if he killed himself for real or was unintentional. And she's left with the trauma of seeing him in his last moments of life. And, you know, feeling guilty that he did die, I guess, in some capacity. Not in the way the movie's going to say that she felt guilty. But in a way that she just feels like a weight on her shoulders that someone in her life is gone and maybe there could have been a way that she could have stopped it from happening. What I do not mean is what happens after she gets out of the church when the church man comes, the priest or whatever, shows up and talks to her. What he says is clearly off, <laughs> off um, because he says to her, like, you know, you're beating yourself up wondering, like, um... You know, like, why is it your fault? And more so, like, what was he saying? He was saying something like, you know, if you had let him apologize, maybe he would still be alive. And she's like, what? And the priest goes off basically like, yeah, you know, men hit women. It happens. But you should have let him apologize. You should have let him tell you his side of the story. And, you know, maybe he would still be alive. And maybe you'd still be happy together. Which is clearly wrong. You know, it doesn't matter why someone, your romantic partner, punches you in the face. It doesn't matter why. It's wrong. And therefore, that is not okay. And you should not stay in a relationship where your partner is punching you or otherwise physically abusing you. So, with that said, she's like, fuck you to him. Which, of course... Um, and storms off. And um, that's where I kind of get unclear of like certain things that happen. But basically one thing that you're noticing throughout the film, there's like this child, but he's got like an old man face. And there's people in a bar. Um, but they've all got very similar face. The priest has a very similar face to the man that she first met. So it's like, it's, but it's like slightly, they're slightly different enough that you're not like, it's not like the most obvious thing that they're all the same actor or like same face. Because it's got like different hair, beard, no beard. But overall, it's still that same oddball man face. And yeah, it's most obvious on the child because the child's face is clearly like, I don't know, superimposed CG'd with the other guy's face on it. So it doesn't look real. Um, they try, but it looks wrong <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so this movie is just like Hunter, right? Hunter, sorry, I'm like forgetting her name. Harper. Harper, excuse me, another H name. Harper is like just having a bad time. Not good at all. Um, she goes 
she sees the police at the pub and they tell her, hey, we had to let the guy go because he didn't really do anything. Uh, we just gave him some clothes and, and let him go. So she's scared again because she's like, oh my God, he's free. Um, she goes back home. some point, she looks out her window and sees the police officer just standing there. She's like, what? And goes outside to like say, hey, like, what's up? Why aren't you talking? Um, the lights flicker outside and then he disappears entirely. Like out of nowhere in a split second. And from here, um, I'm going to say I don't really remember like any sequence of anything because this whole movie is somewhat dreamlike in its presentation, um, but also like drug-ish in a way. I felt like if I were high, this movie might make more sense. Um, but things really kind of go off the wall in a sense where you don't really know what's happening because we see the naked man again. He's got like little flowers, not flower, but just like leaves that he's put in his skin. And he, you know, comes for her again. And he, he puts his hand through the um, doorway again. And this time she actually, like, just holds his hand. Um, and this is kind of, like, where it's feeling, like, dreamlike. Because in the normal world, she should not be this way right now. Oh, actually, I forgot to step step back a moment before that man comes back. Before the nude man. <laughs> um, the man who showed her the house initially comes back after she's really afraid that she's being assailed again, attacked by the naked man. And he looks around, and um, everything seems like it's going to be okay. But then he disappears, and then is replaced by the naked man. Anyway, so yes, naked man comes, holds her hand. And the dreamlike thing is that normally she should not at all be accepting of that. She should be running far away as she can, locking herself in a room, getting her phone, you know, all that. But in this dream space, she is just okay for a moment. Um... But then he starts to try to pull her hand through and that's where she's scared again. And she has a knife because she's been holding on to it like for dear life for a little bit. And stabs through the man's arm who is in the little um, mail slot. Disgustingly, the man pulls his arm fully out of the mail slot even though the big butcher knife is still in his arm. So he splits from, you know, most of his... uh, arm in half all the way through to the fingers and you're like oh boy that's disgusting (laughs) but then it's like we get to finally see or she gets to finally see like yes these are all the same man even when the little child is the same man you can confirm this because the little child is in the room uh, in the house and he's got his his hand arm split so you know even though it was a naked man that she stabbed the child has the same issue. I mean, you know, it's like they're all the same being effectively or all these things are in the same body. And so she gets chased around by him. The priest comes and, you know, talks to her and then tries to uh, rape her. She stabs him, runs away. And we just continue this kind of chase thread for a while. But it's all very dreamlike and surreal. Um... But things really come to a head <laughs> at the point when uh, I don't even know what happened anymore. Um, but one of these beings, I think it's the naked one, you know, is finally catching up to her. And is also looking extremely pregnant, like a nine month, you know, nine months of baby belly going on. Possibly more. You know, very large. And then it 
falls on the ground and uh, starts to give birth. And you get to fully see, you know, the, what is it called? Like the crowning of the head and stuff see, coming out of the vagina. The vagina is extremely stretchy. Um, and we see that it is this full grown person. It is not a baby. It is a, you know, a being. Um, and this sequence continues for a while of the different characters of the men all basically giving birth to themselves. And it's very long, maybe like 10 to 15 minutes long of this just kind of birth cycle. Um, and then, and as this was starting, like when we got to like the first birth, I wasn't sure, but by the second birth, I was like, oh, her ex-husband is going to be one of these births, isn't he? Like, that's the whole point, right? Um, and yes, we do get there eventually. Um, her husband is birthed, although he's birthed out of someone's mouth, which is rather unfortunate. You get to see the beginning of it, but then you don't get to see the rest of it. Um, so I was like, yep, there he is. Um... And, you know, it's at this point where it's very, very dream status because she isn't running. She just, like, sits on the couch with him and is like, you know, what do you want? Like, why did you come to find me now? Not even, you know, considering the outlandishness of the scenario. She's just like, you know, why are you here? Um, or like, what do you want? And he says, your love. And she's like, oh, or huh, or something. And then the movie is basically over-ish. Aside from like her friend coming and finding her and, you know, whatever. Um, so I really, uh, I'm not going to say I like this movie at all. Um, but it is a movie that people are clearly going to be talking about. Because I think in many regards that climactic moment, the birth cycle is very unexpected and visually stunning to some degree. Um, probably unnerving and disturbing to a lot of audience goers. Um, birth in and of itself is not necessarily a disturbing thing. Um, although some people kind of consider even normal birth like kind of body horror-esque, which it, I could see that argument. But um, in this case... We've got multiple things going on which are abnormal in regards to birth. One, um, these apparent male characters are all giving birth. Um, they all have penises and they all have vaginas. Um, some of their vaginas are not on their, you know, between their legs. There's a vagina on someone's back. And then there's also a mouth used the vagina, which is, you know, not possible. Anyway, so one thing, these male characters giving birth. That's one thing towards, you know, something unique. Um, and the second thing, the births are of fully formed beings, not infants, but, well, in my case, there's a child character, but otherwise it's adult men who are coming out while being born. So that is another thing that's, you know, skewing this expectation of birth. And, um, another thing, it's actually not that gory. I mean, it's kind of disturbing in some of the depictions, but it's not particularly gory, which if you were normally giving birth to a fully grown man would be extremely gory. You would 
almost certainly be dead um, because, you know, your vagina would absolutely tear to high heaven. Um, norm- sometimes it does normally, but uh, in this case, it would just you'd be, be ripped fully open, kind of like some aliens bullshit. Um, so, you know, lots of things that are just unreal in this whole thing. And uh, I talked to a friend about it and, you know, is there a point to this? Because he didn't even see the movie. Um, and he was like, that seems like the director is just putting their fetishes on screen. And I mean, hey, I could see it. Mpreg is definitely a fetish. Um, being born as an adult being, a fetish. Um, very stretchy body fetish. <laughs> so I don't know that that's the case. But clearly, Alex Garland wanted to make a statement that would stick with people, and I'm sure it's going to. But as for the movie as a whole, I don't know that I feel that it was very good. I, you know, I understand Harper's plight. She was in an abusive relationship, and her ex-husband maybe committed suicide, and she feels really strained and stressed about the whole situation. I understand it. But I just really did not care about Harper at all. And I don't know why. But there was just something about the portrayal. Like, I just didn't feel like I knew her in any way. It's like I was looking at her through a thick glass, you know, pane of glass. And I could not truly empathize or feel what she was feeling. And understand her pain or struggle in an emotional way. I can understand it logically, but not emotionally. And then I just didn't like her, and I don't know why. You know, it was more than just not feeling for her. I just didn't like her. And I maybe that's because of the fact that it is kind of a surrealist film, so she doesn't behave in a normal way. You, you know, um, she doesn't behave in a way that would like, I don't know. But I just didn't like it. I didn't like her portrayal. Um, and that's unfortunate. Because I think, you know, the temper of the rest of the movie, just like, I was like, well, what do I care? And I didn't like this man and his same face everywhere. Um, and I really am curious what the very end of the movie means in the sense that at the end where her ex-husband, her abusive ex-husband, despite, you know, her saying, I want to divorce you, despite him dying, ultimately what? Ultimately, he comes back. Ultimately, she cannot escape him. And he's just going to get away with being like, oh, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but I want your love. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Um, it didn't feel like Harper overcame her scenario. And is the point that people don't overcome abuse? I mean... To some degree, I, I guess that's going to be true for people, some people. You know, that's why, you know, a lot of it's helpful to seek therapy often because of the fact that, yes, abuse takes a toll. And it makes you, it twists you in ways that you don't want to be. And, you know, you could be happy and then you become sad because you always have this feeling that you're less than, you're not worthy, you deserve what you got, etc., etc., None of that is true, but, you know, I get it. It stays with you. So is that the point? Trauma, abuse remains 
you know, no matter what you try to do, is that a happy note? No, I mean, I guess it's realistic, but I don't know. Like, normally these type of movies with a, uh, quote, strong female protagonist and all of that stuff, the end is them overcoming to, to some degree. I don't feel that she overcame if in the end she doesn't, you know, that he's just there sitting with her on the couch and still acting like he's a good guy. I don't know. Anyway, I'm putting too much in this movie. It was a movie. It was fine. You can watch it if you want, just so you can engage in the discourse. Um, but there is nothing wrong with totally missing this movie. In 20 years, I don't think people are going to remember this movie. It is like, what is it? Society? It is not. Okay? Society, I still enjoy, and it still has a point. I don't know that men's point is strong enough to to like carry it through. These climax of birth is certainly intriguing, but it doesn't really seem to mean anything to me. The birth sequence specifically, I really don't see what that means. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a million articles about what does it mean? But I don't really care what it means. I didn't feel there was enough, there was meaning to that just to show people and shock people. So I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off, but that's just my perspective. Anyway, I'm done talking about men. Um, so that is the end of this episode. I'm just like, I don't know. This movie was odd. Um, and I'm no stranger to odd movies, just this one was not for me. So yeah. Thank you for listening to all the witches, uh, letting me rant and be confused about men. Um, hopefully this is not the end of this series or show. Just again, reminder, I'm probably going to go to a monthly schedule at the most frequent. But again, it remains to be seen with my schedule, what will really be happening. But I appreciate you for listening um, a lot. And uh, thank you so much. And I hope you have a really great week, month, whatever. Till the next time you listen in.